On this episode of Photo Work, we are interviewing Eric Humphrey. He is a celebrity and advertising photographer based in LA currently. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has clients such as BET, Nike, Beats, Beats by, by Dre. Dre. Yeah. Uh, celebrity clients. Like? Oh, Snoop Dogg. Jamie Foxx. Erica Baidu. And? And? Beyonce. Oh, yeah, guys. Yeah. <laughs> it's an episode you won't want to miss as Eric shares some killer career advice and how he made it to where he is today. Yeah. So enjoy. Welcome. Welcome. Yeah. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. What's yeah. up, Eric? Oh, man. I am j- I'm really fortunate to be on your show, and I'm fortunate to be able to do what I'm able to do every day as, as a photographer. Oh, man. We're grateful to have you. Yeah. <laughs> Can you tell us uh, your story, how you, how you became a photographer? Um, How you got here today? So, I started probably nine years ago. A friend posted on Facebook who wants to take photography classes, and I was working in corporate, and I had always wanted to get kind of back into photography because when I was young, my mom had got me into it. So, I saw the post, and I was like, yo, I want to do it. What I need to do, she was like, buy a camera and sign up for this class. So I bought a camera, I was living in Atlanta, and the class was like one day a week for six weeks, and it taught you like the basics, like how to turn the camera on, what aperture is, and what shutter speed is. And so I did that and started getting more and more into photography, and I started meeting like photographers. I didn't know it was a career or anything. I'm like, people make money taking pictures. It was crazy, because when I was in corporate, I had hired a photographer to shoot something packaging for us and we paid them with like gift cards and so in my mind i'm like that's not really a career i'm not going to make it <laughs> no one's doing this for a job i'm like some like olive garden gift exactly cards. <laughs> like i gave a guy like i think it might have been like roof chris or something but it wasn't <laughs> nothing substantial and so I, but then i started meeting photographers that were actually like making a living off of it, and i was like this is crazy and then I just got more and more into it, and I started hating what I was doing at work. So I would find myself, like, Googling. I would go into work, shut my door, and just be on Google all day long, like, looking up photographers or looking up, like, motivational videos that help me figure out how I'm going to get out of work. <laughs> but it would always be, like, a video related to some photographer that was off doing some amazing shoot, at least what I thought was amazing at the time. So then... I eventually um, quit my job, I guess it's been eight years now, eight years ago, um, to pursue photography, and I moved to L.A., like, sold all my stuff, like, the same story. Came out to L.A., had saved a bunch of money, though, came to L.A., and then just started shooting a lot, a lot of bad pictures, but (laughs) 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 a lot of pictures that no one will ever see again. Where were you from originally? I'm originally from Baltimore. So after I was there until I was 18, and then I went to college in Atlanta and lived there for 12 years. And now I've been out here eight. So obviously now I'm an old man. (laughs) (laughs) What did the photography bug, did it hit you earlier than uh, 10 years ago? Yeah, so when I was a kid, my mom used to have me and my brother involved in everything under the sun. But one of the things that I like gravitated towards was photography. So we took this class where I learned how to like develop film. Um, you, we were shooting like SLR 
film cameras and I just like loved it. So she had bought me, I can't, I think it was like a Canon. It might've been a Nikon. She bought me some film camera. I took it with me everywhere. I was always taking pictures. And then my mom died when I was young. So I, I kind of stopped pursuing photography, but I always like had like a point and shoot with me. And back then we used to have like disposable cameras. Yeah. So I always have those. And then when digital cameras came out, like I remember having like little Sony cyber shots all the time, taking yep. pictures of my friends. So I've always wanted, like I've always had been drawn to photography, but I just didn't ever think, I never saw myself as becoming a photographer or if we're an artist at all. I was like, what's an artist? Like that's not how I grew up. <laughs> mm -hmm. It was like, you're gonna go to school, you're gonna go into business and get a regular corporate job and that was it. But the creative bug bit you. It did. It did. <laughs> I mean, I, it, I guess it had always been there. It was like a seed planet when I was young. And then it was something I always needed to, to get out. And eventually, I just was so frustrated with what I was doing that I, I made the move to go into photography. And I've loved it ever since. It's been ups and downs, mm -hmm. but it's just... It's hard to explain. Like I enjoy what I do so much that I can I can't even imagine how I spent so much time doing something I wasn't happy with. Mm. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's some realness. Yep. Once you knew that photography was right for you, how did you decide to make that leap, and how did you prepare for you know moving across the country? So, so the first part was how I prepared. So I was really fortunate in the fact that a bunch of my friends had, so when I, around the time I quit, it was like during the recession. So a lot of my friends had lost their jobs, got laid off. Um, but during that time, like a lot of those people were like pursuing their passions mm -hmm. and they were doing just shit that they love, like whether it was interior design or become, being a stylist, a wardrobe stylist, or makeup artists, or just all these different creative fields, like people getting into music. And I was around them all the time, but I would be going to work, and they would like hang out. Even the guy whose place we're at right now, Elton, he was part of that group. He was, he was pursuing photography. And so I would literally hang out with them almost every day when I got off of work. And they would look like they're having the time of their lives. Mm -hmm whether they were making money or not, but they were just so happy. Mm -hmm. And I was like miserable. <laughs> like I would go, they would be, it would be like my outlet, but they were like very transparent with me about, you know, the financial challenges that they would face because they didn't have a steady income and they were trying to figure it out. The creative challenges they would face, like everything they were transparent about. So I was like, okay, this is what I want to do. But, I don't want to have to worry about finances while I'm doing it. Because when you get caught up worrying about money, it can um, kind of like paralyze you from being creative because you're stressing about the money. Yep. So I was like, I need to prepare because I don't want to be stressing about money. So I made a bunch of sacrifices. I cut my lifestyle down significantly. Like I went, I had a little sports car. I got rid of the sports car and got, I bought a $900 truck for my boy. It was like beat to shit. <laughs> yep. I would drive to work. My boss was like, cut, he would cuss me out. He was like, 
can I cuss on this? Oh, yeah. Okay. He was like, what the fuck? We pay you way too much money for you to be driving this. I'm like, well, unless y'all going to give me a corporate car, this is what I'm driving. Yeah. <laughs> My client, I had one guy that I was selling to at Home Depot. He refused to ride with me in it. Like, it was <laughs> bad. <laughs> so I drove that around for it. lasted me like a year and a half, I want to say. And then I finally, like, it died on me. But that helped me save a bunch of money. I um, I was living by myself forever. I ended up having, like, at this point, I'm like 27, I think. I'm like 27 years old. I lived by myself for probably seven years. And now I'm like, all right, I got to get a roommate. And I get, like, a young college kid <laughs> moves into my place with me. And it, but it helped, like, reduce. I would have my place, cut my mortgage in half. So I was able to save that money. So I did anything I could to save money. And then I negotiated a big raise and comp, like a new comp package at my job. So I took all that and just saved and saved and saved. So when I was going to quit, I was going to wait till bonus time. I waited till I got my bonus. As soon as I got my bonus, we went on like a fancy little trip. I took the trip and at the end of the trip, I was like, all right, I'm resigning. <laughs> <laughs> and I, said, I, I didn't like say, oh, fuck this, I quit. I was like, look, you guys have been great. I'm resigning. I know we got a lot of different stuff going on. I worked for like another month for them and then of it left. And it was great because they helped me out. Even moving to California, which wasn't initially my plan, but when I moved out here, my old company like shipped all of my stuff that I needed out to Cali for me for like $70. Whoa. And I went to UPS, like I literally went to UPS and asked them, and they were like, it's going to be $3,000. I was like, $3,000? I'm like, this shit going to burn. <laughs> like, I don't need it that bad. I'll start over. And I went, I called my old boss. I'm like, man, I know y'all ship all over the place. Any way y'all can ship. Myself from me, he was like, yeah, just bring it to the office. He was like, matter of fact, come pick up one of our trucks, load up the truck, and then bring it to the office, and then we'll pack it all up, and it'll be waiting what? for you when you get there. I was like, this is amazing. Yeah. So... I've always, I've been very fortunate, like, people that have been placed in my life at different times just have always either opened up doors or helped me out when I need them, so. So that's the one part of the question, but then the other part, how I ended up in Cali was, my plan was originally stay in Atlanta after I quit my job and see how things would pan out, and if it didn't work, I would go back to corporate. And after, I guess it was like two months in Atlanta, I was just not happy. I was like, I'm not able to shoot. It's not really a creative scene here. Like, this sucks. And again, my boy who's played with Elton, he, uh, he was like, yo, let's go to Hawaii. He was living in Miami at the time. Ooh. He was like, let's go to Hawaii <laughs> and we'll set up a shoot. He was like, I'll be able to get miles and everything. And we'll just go buy a bunch of clothes and shoot. So I was like, cool, we go to Hawaii. And we shoot probably... We're there for like a week, and we probably shoot five of those days out there. And I was like, this is amazing. <laughs> so I come back from Hawaii, and I knew one person that advertised it. Oh, no, no. I come back from Hawaii, and I'm like, I got to get out of Atlanta. Like, this sucks. So I had a friend that lived in L.A. I was like, yo, I want to come to L.A., and I'm going to try to, like, meet with the modeling agency to see if they let me shoot. So they were like, yeah, come. So I'm going to come for, like, a week. I come out to L.A., my first day here, I drive around to 10 modeling agencies. And I, I had no appointments, no nothing. I would go in, 
have my iPad up with the best image that I took from Hawaii up, and I'll be like, yeah, I just want to show somebody my work to see if I can test for y'all. And if you ever go into agencies, like the people at the front desk can be like very standoffish and rude. But I guess my image was good enough at the time. And they were like, hold on, we'll get somebody to talk to you. Wow. wow. <laughs> and so out of the 10 that I went to, four of them hit me back either that day or the next day. And was like, if you want to shoot while you're out here, we can send you talent. So I ended up setting up two shoots a day for like my last three days out of in LA. And I, I want all those images are now in the garbage. But <laughs> at the time it was like, I was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Like I'm able to shoot talent out here. Like everything's really cool. It's all this different scenery. I'm like, all right, now I need to go to New York. So I immediately from LA, I went straight to New York, called my one friend in advertising. And I was like, Dude, I took all these dope images. Like, you got to hook me up with some people because I need to start shooting campaigns right now. <laughs> and my friend, he was like kind of a big deal at his agency. So he had set up a couple meetings for me. And he entered it. One of them was with this producer named Callie. And she looked at my work and she was like, do you want me to tell you the truth or you want me to tell you what you want to hear? I was like, I want the truth. Like, I know I'm the shit. So... <laughs> And she was like, this is not good. This is not good work at all. I was like, what do you mean? She was like, she like critiqued me and broke me down completely. And then she was like, where do you live? I was like, Atlanta. She was like, I can tell from your work. She was like, <laughs> she was like you need to move. And I was like, move to where? She said, you need to move to New York or LA. She was like, I don't care which one you go to, but you need to go to one of them. I was like, all right. So I went back to Atlanta. Called a realtor, said I need to get my place rented. I'm moving to LA October 1st. So this was like the end of August, and I was in LA October 1st. Wow, that was quick. Yeah, well, because for me, like quitting my job was the hardest thing, and after that, every other decision was yeah, I'm like oh, leave Atlanta, go to LA, cool, I'll do that. Yeah. I don't care. Right, right. Sell yeah. everything, get ready, get my house rented. That's easy. When you got here, you were shooting weddings for a bit. Yes. So I shot weddings for two years. Um, my first year I shot, it was either four or five weddings. And it was cool, it was like all my friends. And then my next year I shot like 26 weddings. And I was freaking miserable. Cause it was, a, I want you, you get to a point where it's no longer your friends, you don't know the people. And then you're just shooting these weddings or weddings or engagement shoots or doing wedding albums. I was like, this is not what I signed up for. Like I knew I wanted to be a commercial photographer and I was spending so much time and effort on these weddings, I was like, this is not what I want to do. So if I'm like going to do something I'm unhappy with, I might as well go back to corporate. Mm -hmm. So I was like, I made the decision. And the craziest thing happened. I got up, I was up for this job to shoot um, for a headphone company. And I couldn't do it. So I, I passed the job to Elton. I couldn't do it because I had a wedding book when they had to shoot. Because oh. weddings, you book a year in advance. Yeah. Commercial jobs, if you're lucky, maybe six weeks in advance, but typically it's a week. Or maybe like two weeks, for me at least. I get like a two week, sometimes week notice. So I couldn't do the job because I booked this wedding six months ago or a year ago. I was like, this is it. Like I can't ever book a wedding again. Like I'm never going to book a wedding again. So I think I ended up shooting like two people guilted me in shooting their wedding. <laughs> that still happens. After I decided, but I was kind of, it was kind of like another 
big choice because I was making really good money shooting weddings. And I was like, man, how am I going to replace this money? Because it's not like people are beating down my door to shoot commercial jobs right now. But fortunately, like once I made that decision and the next year came around, like that March, BT called me to shoot uh, Taraji. And the shoot went really well. And then after that, they started hiring me twice a month for shoots. I was like, oh, that replaced the wedding income. (laughs) And then from that, I started meeting more and more people and just shooting. Like I would meet someone else on set, like whether it was a publicist or a manager, and they would refer me. Or someone from BET would leave and go somewhere else. And they would be like, oh, we're over at NBC now. We want you to shoot for us. Mm -hmm. So it's been like this grassroots type of thing where I just meet people, cultivate the relationships, and they take me with them. Yeah, that's good. They just keep you under their wing, just bring, <laughs> just take you to each agency. Exactly. <laughs> yes, I've been really fortunate just with people being willing to to help out and give me opportunity, mm-hmm. and I just try to bust my butt to over deliver for them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm sure they love not just your work but you personally too it's a one two com- like it's a combination right yep. you don't just so. like show up in LA and be like oh I'm the shit look at my stuff <laughs> and then no. be a jerk <laughs> yeah. not at all like there used to be a time from what I understand where a lot of photographers were kind of like jerks but now it's I mean it's so one it's easier to be nice like it's better you just feel better about yourself so I don't understand why people would be jerks um but two, now it's so competitive, like why, and so many talented photographers, why am I gonna hire somebody to work with right. that's gonna be a jerk versus hiring somebody that's just as talented that is super fun to be hanging around? Right, mm-hmm. it's like, do I wanna make this job harder for me to get done by hiring this guy or make it easier with the same skill level? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna go with the nice guy. Yeah. He's, yeah. So call Eric. <laughs> I got a question though. Uh, what's something that you know now that you want you would tell the younger version of yourself? Oh, I mean, so it's two things. One is to remain even through everything. So, and as an entrepreneur, you have like these big highs and these lows, and both of them can affect you in a bad way. So I, when I was young, I got like a really big job and I was super excited. I was like, oh, I've arrived, I made it. Like, I'm on a billboard, like everyone in the world's gonna see me. <laughs> and now work is just gonna start coming in. And no, that doesn't happen. <laughs> That's like one small, like I look at it as like, it's a small brick in like this wall that you're building and like, or building. So it's just one small step. So just remaining even, not allowing, like, the good things to affect you. And then if you're up for a bunch of, like, I've been in a position where I'm up for, like, all these jobs and you think they're going to happen and the client's like, oh, this is happening, this is coming, and it doesn't happen. Like, you can get depressed. And then if you're depressed and you're not working or creating or doing the things that's going to push your career forward. So if you don't allow those things to affect you and you don't allow the highs to affect you, like, you remain even and you just keep on pushing. So... That is one thing I mean, my younger self should know. And then the other thing was just remaining um, kind of like in a place of gratitude because I'm really fortunate to be able to say like, I'm a photographer for a living. And it's not 
an easy thing because there's so many people that want to be photographers that are trying. And it's hard to kind of navigate this industry, especially I didn't go to school for this. I didn't grow up in this. Like, I didn't know it. So trying to figure out how to navigate it and make it work, um, I'm fortunate that I've been able to do that. And I think I took it for granted early on in my career because, I don't know, it was like a, a weird arrogance that I probably had. And so just not having that, those are the two things, remaining grateful and remaining even. What does it take to be successful in this industry? Um, gosh. So it's weird because everyone's path is so different. And you can't necessarily look at one person's path and say, I'm going to do exactly what that person did and I'll be successful. It's like you have to own your own path. But in doing that, you have to be willing to, like, work hard. And... Though everyone's path is different, like there's some similarities. Like everyone I know that's successful works really hard, like extremely hard. And it's not just, you know, you have talented people out there, but they're not willing to put in the work. So you may be extremely talented and that can get you only so far. But if you're like really, like you're out shooting, you're out showing your work to people, you're like putting yourself out there in vulnerable places. Cause when you start showing your work, you get rejected. Like, it's a whole nother level of rejection you will feel. And you're like, am I not adequate as a person? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah. <laughs> what it helps you do, it, like, helps, helps you get better and stronger. It helps you, like, really look at your work and critique it and push yourself harder. And so then you get used to the rejection. So now you're not as afraid to show your work and reach out to people. And that inevitably, like, helps grow your career. So, I don't know, it's, in my mind, it's like, it's the work, like, you have to be willing to work hard. You can't, like, skate through this and, and think it's going to be easy. Catch us next time with part two of our interview with Eric Omfrey. He shares with us how he markets himself and how he runs client meetings. Thank you for listening to Photo Work. Don't forget to leave a review and subscribe. And what else? Tell a friend. Tell a friend. Tell a friend. Tell a friend.